Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, welcome here to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening. My name is Ann DeSantis. It's great to be here with you. And I have an amazing guest, as I do so many weeks. And this guest is actually a good friend, too. So excited for you to meet Emily Whiting. Emily is a Catholic writer, speaker, and she has so much to share with us on this evening. So Emily, welcome to Journeys in Faith. Thank you, Anne. It's such a pleasure to be here with you, and I have just so enjoyed each time I get to work with you. So this is such a pleasure tonight. It really is. Thank you. So as we do on this show, as our title, right, Journeys in Faith, uh, I thought we could start out with your own journey. Uh, you are a wife and a mother, and you have a really incredible path of your faith. So please do share. Thank you, Anne. As I was preparing for this, I got to thinking, gosh, my journey in faith, um, you know, it's my journey, but really I'm just the conduit of, uh, as I look back over the last several years of God just showing his incredible grace and love um, through, through my story, which has been just incredible to be a part of. So it's an honor to, to share what he's been up to. <laughs> he's been busy. Yes, <laughs> yes, so, certainly is. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I did. I grew up in the church. I'm a cradle Catholic, baptized, confirmed, and uh, very blessed to have had a wonderful family to grow up in. I had a relationship with Jesus from the get-go. Um, I always felt intimately close with Him. Where you know, I, I always felt very blessed that I could just turn to Him for anything, and I. I had uh, great trust in the fact that I, uh, in, in what I had been taught in terms of faith. But I will say in terms of um, Catholicism, I, I probably, well, I know I didn't own it as my own. Um, I owned faith and, and Jesus as my own, but I kind of went through the motions in terms of Catholicism. And then uh, as I went to college and grew up and started exploring the world on my own. Uh, I got into college and, you know, I had always been a rule follower, Anne. I, you know, and they told me the rules of the Catholic Church and, and the faith and what you're supposed to do and what you shouldn't do. I, I adhered to them. Not to say I didn't sin. I, I Surely I sinned many times, but, but I was very much a rule follower. And then I got to college and I embraced the college life for everything that um, you would think of in college. And um, I, I really had a lot of fun for the first couple of years um, and lived a very different life than my childhood. <laughs> but then into my second year, going into my third, I met this wonderful young man and we got serious very fast. And up until then, you know, I had always been taught what you should and shouldn't do in relationships and what's supposed to wait till marriage. But I never really understood the why behind that. And as I got into this deeper relationship with this young man, I started thinking, well, heck, if I don't understand the why, and if I can't, um, you know, make, explain to myself, let alone this, this individual that I'm dating, why we should wait until marriage to, to be intimate, then, then why should we? And so we threw all caution to the wind, and we had a very fun summer. <laughs> mm -hmm. But about six months into it, I really kind of woke up to the realization that I felt so empty, Anne, and I felt so distant from the Lord. And like I said earlier, I had established a, a deep relationship with Jesus before college. And so when I realized I felt so, 
you know, where did Emily go? What happened to the Emily that once was fully alive? Um, I started thinking, well, well, gosh, did God leave me? Did he desert me? And uh, quickly I realized, no, God did not leave me. He did not desert me. I pushed him away. By all the decisions I had made, uh, I really hadn't been praying much. I hadn't gone to church more than a handful of times through college. And, and that deep personal relationship I had with him had, had really fizzled, not because Jesus had left me, but because I had shut him out. And so at that point, I came to the realization that I have a lot of repairing to do from, between me and Jesus, you know? And I was not mature enough to handle repairing me and Jesus and my relationship with this young man. Even though we both were Catholic, we both had faith, we both grew up in the church, but we had really treated our relationship, um, and I guess the way I had approached life was really that relationships and dating and desires are over here in this bucket or category of life, and then over here is God and going to church on Sundays and saying your prayers. And I kept them very separate. And man, in hindsight, now that I know what I know, how wrong could I have ever been? But um, at the time, I was, I was still figuring it all out, just like I still am now. But uh, anyway. Yeah, I think we all are. Yeah, we will on be. on a journey of faith, right? Doesn't matter how That's right. we are. You named the podcast. Living. Yes, you named the podcast so appropriately. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all still learning. Yeah, so I, I realized, you know, I have a lot of work to do with, with me and Jesus, and I, I don't, I cannot continue on with this life feeling as empty as I feel now because I have felt alive before in a relationship with him, and I know the difference, you know? And so I broke it off with this young man, and, um, and, I, and this launched me into an incredible journey of seeking the Lord and learning what were all those rules all about, you know, that I learned all through growing up. Why were we taught those rules? Why do we have desires? What's God's design for relationship for male and female? He created them, you know, um, and, and it was quite a journey, but it started with me going to confession. And so I broke it off with this young man. And you know, what's funny is I think it was 10 years this week that this all happened. No, it would have been 12 years this week that this all happened. Wow. And, um, so I broke it off with this young man and I went to confession. Now, mind you, my experience with confession had always been through obligation. I had only gone when, you know, I had to in order to complete sacraments, uh, like, like confirmation. And, um, and my experiences in confession had not been positive. And so uh, when I decided I needed to go to confession, I knew that that, okay, there's a, there's a, a conversion going on in my heart here. <laughs> and um, so I called up the priest and I asked if we could have an individual meeting and, and we set it up and I went in to meet with him. And of course I'm shaking and, uh, I, I know I'm going to cry the minute I open my mouth. And of course I did. And I poured my heart out to this, this poor priest. And he was just such a godsend and just so grace filled, so loving. And he, I was sitting on the couch. I distinctly remember sitting on the couch in this very holy feeling office that you could just tell many a confessions had been done in this office. And um, he pushed the box of tissues towards me and just let me pour out my heart of all that I had done, how I had shut Jesus out, how I had assumed that he wasn't part of relationships, how I had uh, tossed all the rules out the window and did whatever I wanted, all of those things. And he so patiently listened. And then when I was done, we, there was there was silence for quite a while. And 
you know, I'm sitting there awkwardly hoping he's going to say I'm pardoned, <laughs> which right. of course he did. But then he went on to give me a great penance that I will forever be so grateful for. Um, he didn't send me home to say 10 Hail Marys. He didn't tell me to do the rosary. He said, Emily, I want you to go home and write a letter to God. Mm. And he said, in that letter, I want you to pour your heart out to him. Tell him everything you've told me and everything you haven't told me because I'm sure there's more to the story. And he said, I want you to ask him for forgiveness and then put the letter in an envelope, seal it, and wait for three days. And he said, on that third day, I want you to write a letter back to yourself from Jesus. What do you think he would say? And, wow, um, that's great. I like that. It was amazing. I have the letters right here. Oh, <laughs> you'll and, have them for the rest of your life, I think. Yes, they're wrinkled from the thousands of times I've read them. Oh, God bless. And, uh, you know, I won't read the whole letter, but I just thought I, I wanted to share with you just the immense grace that I got to experience in that penance. Um, and what's really neat here, Anne, is the date here is 10-24-2010. So uh, on Saturday, that will be a full 10 years. So <laughs> how anyway, God works, huh? Oh, my goodness. He's amazing. So this letter that I wrote to Jesus, I started out just very very honest. I said, you know, I come to you today completely humbled and in awe of your love for me. I have sinned greatly against you and against myself. I've pushed you aside uh, and the truth aside. I've pushed your love for something and something that I knew. Let me read that. I have pushed aside the truth and your love for something I knew would come between you and I. Lord, I have given myself my love to a man to which I am unwed. I thank you for your patience and love. And I went on to be very honest with him and, and tell him what was on my heart. And those three days were rough, waiting, trying to be patient. And on the third day, I received this letter. Well, and when I say receive it, I mean I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> but I very much, you know, I've been asked in many of my talks that I do in my ministry, do I, do I believe that this was Holy Spirit infused or um, inspired? And the answer is a wholehearted yes. Because as I share some of this letter with you, you will just realize there's no way a 20-year-old young woman like me would have had the grace with myself or the mercy or the love that is in this letter. So there's, there's absolutely no shadow of a doubt that this is from him, not me. So he wrote back to me three days later. He said, to my dearest daughter, Emily, you have sinned. You have knowingly pushed me and my love away for a man who is not committed to you as I am. He does not treasure you as I do. He has not died for you as I have. I have heard your call for me. I have remained with you through the darkness and have reached out and you have reached out for me once more. Don't let go of me, Emily. He goes on a little later in the letter to say, your sin is fully forgiven and tomorrow I will not remember its mere existence. Go into the world and serve my people, love my people, but most of all, love me. Mm. That is and beautiful. Just Thank incredible. Thank you for sharing your heart. You know, it takes <laughs> a special person on something like a, a, a Facebook Live or a podcast, right, to, to share their heart in that way. And I think a lot of people need to hear that vulnerability that you have with God because that's what God offers to all of us, isn't it? I mean, he yes. offers himself and says, 
He already knows our heart. He knows what's happened in the past. He knows what we did or what other people did to us. Yes. So when you hear that letter or those letters, the one from you and then the one from him, uh, it's just very uh, touching in, in, a very, in a deep way, not just touching in sort of a uh, everyday kind of, oh, well, that was nice. So I, I commend you for sharing your heart with us on the show. Thank you, Anne. It's been quite a journey. And my hope in sharing my heart is um, that it draws those listening, your hearts closer to Christ too. Um, you know, in no way is ever sharing our journey supposed to be about us. It's, it's to share the love of Christ. And I, I hope and pray that as I share uh, the love he's poured on me, it, it helps those who are listening to know that they have that, um, that same love is available to them as well. So um, it's quite an honor and a privilege and a, a very humbling thing that God has asked me to share this. I'll tell you, I would never have shared this if God hadn't told me I needed to. <laughs> wow. I know you but, have um, a deep prayer life too, because I, <laughs> I, I shared at the beginning that not only are you uh, a, a former guest on different shows that I've done, but we have developed a friendship. And that's, yes. that's a real blessing for me. Uh, so I'm grateful to you that we've become friends and be able to communicate and share our prayer intentions. Uh, so when you find a person like Emily in your life, whoever you are watching or listening, don't uh, don't let them go. <laughs> and when you down. find someone like Anne. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so that's that's beautiful, you know, in your story so far. I know there's a lot more. Because as your story develops, you know, of course, you got married and had, had a family. So please do share about that, too, because we'd love to hear. Thank you, Anne. Yes, yes. And before I keep going, I just wanted to say I, am, I couldn't agree more. When you find a great friend that has deep faith, hold on to them. So I don't plan on letting you go, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Really, that means a lot. It does. Because I think Absolutely. for those who are uh, on this show with us uh, listening or watching, uh, you know that sometimes in life, you know, people do come and go in your life. So uh, that's mm -hmm. the value, I think, when you find a person, you can share your journey in faith, <laughs> right? Yes. When you share your journey in faith, you've got that uh, commonality of your relationship with God in common. And it certainly does make a big difference for your everyday life. Because, you know, we're also going through this pandemic. We hope it's the end of it, right? We're hope hoping right. that it's coming toward the end. But it's, it is difficult when we're not able to get out there and meet people face-to-face. Uh, -face. So although I'm here in Pennsylvania, you're out there in Ohio, we've been able to still develop a friendship through something like this, right? Like Zoom yes. calls and phone calls. So yes, that's the beauty so of grateful. it. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And having friends in Christ, um, I can't imagine where I would be without them. So, um, you know, God puts the right people in our lives at the right times. And there's been several times he's put people in my lives and I've thought, or in my life, and I've thought, oh, you know, and this is horrible to even admit, but, you know, oh, I don't have time for that individual or, or uh, you know, fill in the blank with the excuse. And I get one of those Holy Spirit, you know, shoulder taps of don't let that person go, Emily. I put them in your life for a reason. Um so, so yes, it's such a blessing when God gives us friends in faith. Wow. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> and I have to make also a little shout out to our friend, 
Tony Agnesi, which is how we met. Yes. And you can learn about him at his website, TonyAgnesi.com. He's a great friend of this very network of Fiat Ministry Network. And he has a show here too. I believe it's on Wednesday nights at six, I think. Uh, but anyway, double check me there. But you can go to TonyAgnesi.com. He's an author, a speaker, and really an award-winning broadcaster too. So uh, we both love Tony. I know you do too. Yes, and he connected us, so we'll be forever grateful for him. That's right. <laughs> hi, Tony. Working at its best. Yes, hi, Tony. <laughs> oh, 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 good. So, yes, yeah, so continuing on the story, um, you know, I thought that was a pretty amazing, you know, journey, and that maybe that, that was the end, but oh, no, that was just the beginning of the story that God was planning to weave, because over the following two years after that confession, uh, I really just spent the time trying to learn what God's design for relationships was. Why did he give us these strong desires between male and female? Why do we have this desire for relationship? And, um, and, and why do we have these rules in the Catholic Church? Because they just weren't making sense to me. I knew I had not done well, but I knew I still didn't understand why I should follow these rules. And so I just really poured myself into learning that. I started prayer journaling, started reading the gospel. Up until then, I had never done any Bible reading on my own. Um, just really diving into my faith, learning more, and um, was so blessed for, to have those two years where I just felt God wooing my heart each and every day and revealing truths to me each and every day in, in little ways. And finally, uh, two years almost to the day after I had these letters from him, I got one of those Holy Spirit taps, you know, one of those shoulder taps that said, Emily, you need to call that young man back who you broke his heart a couple years ago, and you need to tell him that you're really sorry. And wow. Yes. And I had not spoken to him since I broke things off. So I knew that this was going to be an awkward call. <laughs> and so... Um, you know, but when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you do it. So I pick up the phone and I called him and um, I, I told him, you know, I'm really sorry for how I handled things. I was not mature enough to handle my relationship with God and you at the same time. And I should have handled it better. And he, you know, had a long silence. And then he said, you know what, Emily, can I call you back? I really need to think about that. And, um, you know, I thought that was a respectable response. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so sure. Absolutely. He was surprised by the call, I think. I think caught off guard. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, three days later, there's something about three days that, uh, that he called me back. And we ended up talking for a couple of hours, just catching up on what had happened in our lives over the last couple of years. And long story short, over the course of several months, a couple of years, God um, brought our lives back together and we ended up getting married. So. I remember this story, but I don't want to give it away, but it, it is incredible when you think about that, how God tapped you on the shoulder and despite all the pain that you went through to begin with, with right. that relationship, but how God worked in both of your hearts. And here you are ma already married. How many years now? Um, I got to do the math. Six <laughs> or seven. <laughs> wow. Okay. Six. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So yeah, we're, it was just such an incredible, um, I remember thinking on our wedding day, just wow, what an incredible story of God's grace that he can take something so broken and make it so beautiful. 
And, you know, the, the area where we screwed up the most became so glorified through him, through his mercy, through his love, um, you know, where we had where we had um, pursued each other above God, you know, now we knew we had to put God first. Where we had um, had misordered intimacy and, and, and thought um, that that was separate from God, um, now God had, had breathed life into that and taught us that, no, this is meant to be a beautiful union of the two of you that is a, a commitment between the two of you and ultimately draws you closer to Christ. Uh, so, so what could have been a very ugly scar turned into a beautiful, glorified, uh, uh, just testament to God. But then the story didn't end. <laughs> I know it didn't. <laughs> so, um, at that point, we we you know we were going about our our lives. We bought a house. We were doing our jobs, and and we were loving life. And I, I got to a place, place where I just felt, um, there's gotta be something that I could be doing more for the church. You know, I don't think God put us through all of that. Not that he put us through all that hardship. I don't think we went through all that hardship and then he, um, turned it around for me to just keep that to myself. And so I began to pray into that. And I really felt God continually telling me, I want you to see my people and love my people. So I was really trying to figure out, well, okay, that's great, God, but what, how do I do that? What do I do with that? And what he revealed to me over time was, you know, my training and, and professional background was in public speaking, um, communications, writing. And so he really beckoned me to start doing what we're doing now, uh, sharing my story through, um, you know, live talks, blogs, um, you know, you name it, podcasts, to help ultimately... Uh, see those in the audience as God's true children and, and beckon them and invite them into a deeper relationship with him. And so I started this ministry and um, it's been quite a journey. But about a couple of years into that, we decided to start our family. And um, as we were so excited, we were pregnant with our first child. We went to uh, that 20-week ultrasound where they reveal boy or girl. You know, now they have all these reveal parties. So we were very excited to learn if we were going to have a boy or girl. And we learned she was a little girl. But at that ultrasound, we also learned that our little girl had malformations from head to toe. And so they could already see um, a part of her brain was missing. Her heart was pumping incorrectly. There was a large mass in her abdomen they could not identify. Um, her kidneys were enlarged and not connected correctly in the urinary system. And she also had cleft lip and cleft palate. Um, so, you know, we went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in that appointment of, you know, realizing we have a little girl to realizing our little girl had many, many challenges ahead of her. And at that appointment, uh, we really were told we don't know how long she'll live and what her quality of life would be like. And so um, it started us on quite a journey. The very next day, we were uh, brought into the high-risk doctor, and we were going over a lot of different questions with him and uh, learning more about what was potentially ahead of us and ultimately learned that she would likely make it through pregnancy because she was depending on me. But after that, uh, she might live a minute, a day, a year, um, you know, maybe a full life, but with lots of medical intervention, no matter what. And so it was very unknown. We were offered the option to terminate, um, which of course, because we were both, um, you know, race and Catholic faith, we knew for sure that was not an option. 
And we were so very grateful that our doctors rolled up their sleeves and they were willing to help us as soon as they knew we were, we were all in to give our daughter as much life as possible. And um, so the journey began. <laughs> and uh, as we navigated the pregnancy, my prayer became, uh, Lord, just let me help hold my baby alive, even if just for a minute. That became my prayer. I just wanted to hold my baby alive. And uh, so she made it through the pregnancy. We had the baby. I did get to hold her for about 30 seconds before they whisked her away for many, many tests. And um, I'm glad I got to hold her for sure because it was another week before I'd get to hold her again uh, due to just all the various medical interventions she needed. But uh, she survived pregnancy. She survived birth. And um, we ended up spending 72 days in the NICU. And she had, gosh, I think maybe three to five, five surgeries while in the NICU. Um, she actually just had her 12th procedure a week and a half ago, and she is almost three. So um, she's a miracle, uh, she not is. even just one miracle, she's thousands of miracles combined. <laughs> she is. And um, it's been amazing, you know, every doctor or surgeon who works with her I shouldn't say every, many, many of them have said to me when they come out of a test or a procedure or, or something, they'll say, wow, her anatomy is an anomaly and we, we don't know how she got the way she got and the way she's built, but somehow it's working for her. Um, you know, her liver should have needed transplanted by now, but it's, it's doing its job. Her kidneys um, have been very much a touch and go situation from the beginning, but they're they're plugging along, doing the best they can. The the missing part of her brain had the potential of causing her to have severe mental and developmental dis, uh, delays, but she doesn't. She's right on on par with a typical two year old. Um, you know, I could just keep going. The miracles that we've witnessed and, and the things that, you know, her heart should have needed intervention several times by now, but we've not intervened once, not with a procedure anyway. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we've had this front row seat to just watch God's incredible work through her. Yes, it's, it's an amazing story. I know that we could probably devote several shows just to that journey with Charlotte and I would also like to ask people who are watching or listening right now, uh, lift a prayer for little Charlotte. I know she just had the surgery. You said she's doing so well. Uh, but little Charlotte Whiting, if you could pray. I know she's not even quite three years old yet. Uh, her birthday's coming up, I think, too. Yes. That's right. Um, so do please do keep her in prayer. Uh, I love your story. Now we do have to take a quick break. Uh, we, do, we have a lot more to talk about, to learn about you and your mission. But as we take that commercial break, I want to invite people to, to go to your website and learn more because your website is Emily K, the letter K, whiting.com, where she says, real life, real love, real faith. And that's what it's all about. So uh, stay with us in just a few minutes. We will be right back. Hi, my name is Ann DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Onatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatis.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatis on YouTube to subscribe. 
In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern Time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this. But I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rope in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. Work, And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, 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 I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things. <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice 
which is in the Eucharist or not. Hi, welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. If you haven't done so yet, please do like this page here on Facebook and share it with your friends because as I said at the beginning, we have an amazing guest. Uh, today we have Emily K. Whiting, and I told you that her website is emilykwhiting.com. She is a mother, a wife, a Catholic author, and a speaker. She is really an amazing person and a good friend of mine, too. We talked a lot about that during the first half that we're very blessed uh, to have become friends, too. So yes, we are. That's right. And right before the break, we were talking about your daughter, Charlotte, little Charlotte, uh, who is uh, not quite three years old and was born with uh, several different, um, you know, malformations, I think is what you said, uh, from the beginning of her conception and has had about 12 different surgeries. But God has really gotten you and your family through, and Charlotte, right? Charlotte herself has had to uh, bear all the different uh, procedures and surgeries that she has had since the time she was born. Yes. So you're, you're an encouragement yes. for moms and dads who have children that have special needs. I invite them oh, to I hope reach so. out to you. I hope so, yes. Yeah, as this uh, journey has unfolded with Charlotte, you know, we, we I, I, I paused all things ministry for the duration of our NICU stay. And for the first few months as we were in and out of the hospital and in and out of surgeries um, every few weeks. And then when we got to a stable place, I, I went uh onto my website and kind of announced to my audience that, hey, I'm back to speaking and writing, obviously on a very part-time basis in between medical needs. And if um, anybody's looking for a speaker to come in and talk about relationships and the value of our bodies and, and, and Jesus's um, design for relationships, let me know. And it was so neat, and because I got an overwhelming response, but they did not ask to, to hear the talks that I was offering. They wanted to know about the journey with Charlotte. That's what they and, wanted. Okay. Yes. And so, um, you know, it kind of caused me to step back and pray a little bit of, okay, God, I didn't think that's what you called me to ministry for. So, so what do you want here? And um, he, he kind of revealed to me of, of, yeah, I mean, I didn't give you this journey with Charlotte to keep to yourself, just like he didn't give me this, uh, this journey of, of learning about relationships to keep it to myself. And so, um, so I began to infuse a lot of what we had been learning with Charlotte into my talks. And so now I uh, have a, a kind of a library of eight different talks. And what's really neat is they are all rooted in the truths of theology of the body. Um, you know, at first I thought, well, gosh, the topic of Charlotte and navigating medical needs and, and having children with medical needs uh, is very different than the topic of relationships and, and navigating that world. But what God really revealed to me is, is no, they're not that different, Emily. They're both rooted in the truths of theology of the body. And for those who are listening who don't know what theology of the body is, it's a series of talks delivered by Pope John Paul II when he was Pope. And um, what's so neat is that this thur Thursday of this week was his feast day. So just so many ironies that this podcast is happening this week, Anne. That's right. <laughs> yeah, October 22nd. Yes. It's a special day. I've been seeing it all over social media, pictures of John Paul II 
And what a blessing that he's been to all of us. And now we can intercede to him, right? I mean, as a yes. saint. And it, I know that theology of the body is so close to your own heart. And for people who are watching this or listening, Emily does that. So if your church or organization wants someone to come out and talk about theology of the body, she's really the perfect person to do it. And I know you can do that online too, correct? Absolutely. An online presentation where you talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And for those who are listening, if you maybe haven't heard of Theology of the Body, the kind of the thesis statement for what it is, is um, the fact that our bodies and only our bodies make visible the invisible mystery of God. And that is his love. Um, our bodies make transfer into the visible reality of the world, the invisible reality of God. Right. And so um, as you unpack the truth of that statement, it really lends itself to the fact that Charlotte's story and the story of relationship and the truths that come out of both of those are deeply rooted in the fact that our bodies make visible the invisible love of God, that we are created in his image and in his likeness. And um, as you can see, I get very passionate about it. <laughs> I know you do. And there's some really good books on it too. Uh, yes. I know that I recently bought one, um, and I think I think it was by Christopher West, but it was a newer book that he wrote. That's a little bit of a a, a thinner book; doesn't take as long to get through. It's yes. a gift too. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a, just a beautiful topic and good for all of us to know. I know for me myself, when I was growing up, I mean, I think John Paul II wrote it. Like, was it back in maybe? the 70s and 80s, mm -hmm. but I yeah. don't think that it was like really completed until a little bit later, if I'm correct. Right. So right. by the time I was, you know, in that age bracket, I was already older, you know, but yeah. no matter what your age, I don't care what your age, it's, it's a wonderful resource for you, uh, whether you are a, a younger person or even somebody over the age of 50. It's Absolutely. It's to learn about the theology of the body, so... Absolutely, because ultimately we all have bodies. We all are made in the image and likeness of God. And theology of the body, in its simplest form, teaches us um, God's heart because it teaches us to read the language of our bodies and our, because our bodies make visible the invisible love of God. And, uh, and so it's relevant no matter what your age is. It's such a beautiful truth. I've become such a student of Christopher West, who teaches theology of the body, and really anyone who teaches theology of the body, I'm just soaking up any of the material they put out there. Um, started going to the Institute to learn more, hoping to get certified. And um, it's been neat because, you know, as I shared my story, a lot of what I learned, the truths of theology of the body, I learned them the hard way, and I, I learned them kind of through living them. And then as I started this ministry, uh, people kept asking me, well, have you learned about theology of the body? And I'd say, I, I don't even know what that is. And so then they would point it, me to it. And when I realized what this treasure of knowledge was that the Catholic Church gives us, um, I realized, oh my goodness, theology of the body puts words and language to what I've learned the hard way through experience. And so um, it's just been such a beautiful gift that God's given me, the, the truths of theology of the body, and I hope I can share them with others. Yes, I do too. And, and I think that it's really the perfect time for you uh, who are watching, if you are involved in church ministry. We have some, a lot of religious and priests and 
others who work for diocese and archdiocese who watch Journeys in Faith, uh, do get in touch with Emily at yes. emilykwhiting.com. She is in Ohio, but if you do an online conference, it doesn't matter where you're from. So, Absolutely. And when COVID's over, I'll come to you. <laughs> hey, that sounds good. That sounds good. Why not? Yeah, so much to talk about. Uh, now, I thought we could kind of go back to Charlotte because, uh, as you said, you weren't sure that God would lead you in this direction to ministering to people who have uh, children, who have some kind of medical issue or special need. So what happened next with Charlotte? So she's now almost three years old. She's been through her 12th surgery. And God has really taught you so much about your faith. He's taught you so much about dealing with doctors, dealing with uh, family, neighbors who ask questions or other people who want to know what's going on. So what have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about dealing with her medical issue and being the best mom, right? Because that's such a big part of it is you have little Charlotte who is still this toddler and... Yeah and isn't maybe fully aware of all that's really happening to her or within the family. Yeah. Yes, it's been quite a journey. And, um, you know, the whole journey has drawn me so much closer to Mother Mary uh, because I've, I've gotten to witness firsthand in a, in a very small way what it's like to watch your child suffer and to not be able to do anything about it. And of course, I haven't watched my son be nailed to a cross like he, like she did, and I just can't even fathom. But um, you know, as I watch her go through surgery after surgery, and and the simple things like pulling a, a bandaid off that hurts a, a little two-year-old, and and poking her with IVs, and giving her meds that don't taste good that make you throw up, and um, you know, doing heart echoes every other month, and and all these things that. Um, just are not pleasant for a little child, let alone an adult. Um, it's just really drawn my heart to Mary and helped me realize what a selfless love she has for not only Jesus, but all of us. So that's a little bit of a tangent. No, <laughs> it's I, fine. I just, just wanted to share that, um, that, that she is here with us in all of our trials and, and, um, and that she is such a light of example of, of being there with, with us in our challenges. Um, she was there with Jesus and she's there with all of us. So, but yes, yeah, so I've learned, learned a lot about navigating, <laughs> uh, having a child with medical diagnoses. And it's, it's probably relevant even to those who maybe you don't have a child with medical diagnoses, but you're taking care of a parent who, you know, has needs, or maybe you have an adult child with needs. Um, you know, all, all of us have experiences, I'm sure, where we've had to be caregivers for others and, 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 um, and so hopefully some things that I share are, are helpful no matter what stage of life you're in or what your experience is. But the one thing that comes to mind is, is um, I think it's, it's very common for us to um, maybe struggle with navigating the many emotions that come when you are navigating medical needs. I remember when we um, first discovered this diagnosis about Charlotte, I, I would feel... Um, sad for the loss of the healthy child I had expected, and then I'd feel horribly guilty about feeling sad about the loss of a healthy child because it made me feel like I loved my unhealthy child less. And 
um, what I realized over the course of several months as we navigated the pregnancy was that the fact that I mourned the loss of a healthy child did not mean I loved my unhealthy child any less. In fact, it meant I loved her all that much more because I wished for her nothing but the best. And so I share that with you because if you are mourning the loss of the health of a loved one, um, you know, or, or any other array of emotions that we have when we're navigating medical needs, um, to have grace with yourself, it's okay to have all those feelings and, um, and, and, and to take those to Christ and let him just breathe his life into them. It's easy for us to feel ashamed about our emotions, um, to maybe, you know, maybe you feel angry at God. Heaven knows there's plenty of times where I felt like, God, what is going on? You know, um, how could you let this happen to my poor little daughter? And uh, what I've learned is to take those emotions to Christ and lay them at his feet, be raw and real with him because uh, he, can, he can handle them. And if we try to hide them from him, it distances us from him. Uh, so, so, you know, the first thing is just that all those array of emotions are very normal and to take them to Christ uh, because he, he wants to hear about them. He wants to be there for you. And, um, and the more we can invite him into our pain, uh, the more he, he can help. Yeah. And you demonstrated that during the first half of the show when you showed those two letters. And if people yeah. are just hopping on this uh, show in the middle, Emily read a letter that she wrote to God. Uh, and then she had another letter three days later where God answered her prayer. And you wrote the letter, but it was God's words that he gave you in your heart to yourself. Yes. And that was how God worked in your own life. So I just think that was incredible. And, and also, uh, just to mention, when you talk about all of the people who have children that might be older, there's also people who might be watching that you yourself have some kind of a physical or maybe yeah. even a psychological disability. And I think our culture is just coming to a point where we're realizing that uh, people who have some kind of depression or anxiety disorders or other things too, that they can be very physical. So we also want you to know that we care. And, and some of what Emily is saying can apply, I think, to the person who's going through something, whether it be some kind of an ailment, physical, psychological, or even some life change, right? Sometimes it's just yes. a very big life change that has happened uh, that has uh, shaken your world, right? And shaken your faith because that's mm -hmm. what it did to you. I know that when you found out about that uh, diagnosis, the several diagnosis from, from uh, Charlotte, it was yeah. a shock to you and your husband oh, at yeah. first. And now, but it's, it's strengthened you every time when you talk to the doctor. I know just because you and I are friends and when you have these appointments, as difficult as it is, I think your faith is getting stronger because you're seeing yes. how God is helping you to be able to bear being the mother and being strong and your husband to be strong for Charlotte and for the rest of the family, right? Yes, which is such a great um segue into uh just my other thought that you know it, it, i don't know if other people do this i would assume but i know i question my ability to navigate this to be the mom that charlotte needs um to be the mom that my i have another child uh liam who does not have those medical needs and so to try to be the mom for him that he needs while trying to deal with uh, this other child who has all these special needs as well 
um, you know, how in the world am I going to learn how to navigate all the doctors and the medical system and the insurance and all the logistics? Um, and, you know, I remember a few weeks after we got our diagnosis, I, I just went uh, to, to a favorite place where I love to pray. And I just kind of threw myself on the ground and just poured my heart out. And, and um, I remember just asking, uh, I was, I was, you know, just talking to God of like, how am I going to do this? And he said, you're going to do this one moment at a time. And you're going to do this with me. You're not alone. And it was such a profound moment. Um, so beautiful, just helps me come to my senses that I'm not alone in this. There's an army of saints behind me. There's a whole community surrounding me, and I have Jesus here with me too. And uh, so if you're out there questioning your ability, whether it's to navigate your own diagnoses or someone else's in your life, uh, you're right. You're probably not um, capable on your own, but the beautiful thing is you're not on your own. Heaven knows I'm not capable on my own. My goodness. Um, I remember one time, it was probably a week after Charlotte was born, and it, it was after her first surgery, and I remember um, just praying to God, you know, the one night I, I snuck away to take a quick shower, probably the first I had had in a week, <laughs> and I remember just kind of sitting on the shower floor crying and saying, God, where have you gone? Why have you left me? And, um, you know, just got that overwhelming, peaceful sense of God saying, I haven't left you. I've surrounded you, Emily, literally by hundreds of doctors, nurses, family, friends, and the, the support that poured out um, from just every angle, whether it was when I needed a meal, a meal showed up. Uh, I needed a sweater and a sweater showed up. You know, we needed uh, somebody to go home and take care of our dogs because we were in the NICU for two and a half months that somebody just took them to their house and took care of them. So. Um, you're not alone, and God will supply you what you need when you need it, if only you can just depend on him and, and let him into your situation. Isn't that so true? Because, I mean, even I'm thinking that as you're saying what you're saying, times in my own life where when we're not able to do what we need to do, that's when God will send those, uh, well, I'll say angels, but they're people, right? Right. To come and help. And, and, uh, and, and he, he never disappoints us. Mm -mm. Even when we do have to go through some kind of a suffering, I think at the end, there's always uh, some kind of uh, blessing. There's a blessing yes. that comes. So, uh, yes. hey, I wondered if um, before we, we're about, we're about five or 10 minutes out till the end of the show. Um, yeah. I wondered if you could share a little more about your ministry because like I said, you have this beautiful website and writing that you have done. Uh, again, go to emilykwhiting.com. So tell us about that and what's it like for you being involved in ministry? Absolutely. Yeah, so it's been quite a blessing, quite a journey, um, just putting one foot in front of the other and uh, going through the doors that God opens and not banging on the doors he closes <laughs> or trying not to. Um, so... So I have a combination of about eight talks, and they're all, like I said earlier, rooted in theology of the body. The most popular one is um, one that I call uh, a witness to his passionate pursuit. And that's where I really go into sharing his sto the story of how he pursued my heart 
through, um, you know, this area of relationship and dating. And ultimately, my goal in that talk is to draw audiences into the truths of theology of the body. I don't really teach theology of the body in that, that talk. It's more of uh, uh, being a witness to the power of theology of the body and, and the beauty in that message. And then I often point the audience to, to many resources available to them to learn more. Um, to go deeper into that, there's a talk called uh, Raising Daughters of Dignity and Sons of Honor. That's right. Yes. We've done a podcast on that before. <laughs> we did. We did. And I want to invite people, if they'd like to just get an idea about it, you can go to the website where I'm the director for Foundation. You probably saw that during our commercial, the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. At, um, you can go to Philly Nonatus is our YouTube channel. And you can see Emily's talk, one of a couple of her talks there. So just invite you to, to do that. And if you want to subscribe, that'd be great too. Yes, absolutely. So Yeah, so in that talk, um, I really share with parents and, and teachers and anyone who's in more of a mentorship role, some very tactical tips for how to raise daughters of dignity and sons of honor. So it's practical ways to apply theology of the body every day so that we teach our sons and daughters their own value, their own dignity, and we invite them to, to um, treat others around them with that same value and dignity, to truly see others around them and themselves as the image bearers of Christ. And so um, it's very uh, tactical. You'll, you'll leave that talk with a list of ideas of things to implement at home, no matter what age uh, you're working with for children. And uh, I really enjoy that talk because I'm, I'm a very practical, tactical kind of kind of gal. So it's fun. Yeah, um, it's a great one. Thank you. And then, so there's an, an array of, of multiple different topics kind of branching off of those. Another area of one of those topics is um, really meeting with parents who have children with medical needs. The talk is literally called, So Your Child Has Medical Needs, Now What? <laughs> yes. And so we... We, we go through very, again, practical, tactical things of how to navigate the medical world, how to um, accept help from others, um, you know, how to deal with insurance, how to make sure you don't lose the faith, um, you know, who to call when you need help on X, Y, and Z. What are some of the terms when you're hospitalized and what does it mean, uh, you know, for all of these acronyms in the hospital, things like that. So very, again, um, practical approach, but always with faith infused and talking about um, how to uh, maintain and or grow your faith even during and despite challenging times. Yeah, so. that's, that is so beautiful. So uh, thank you so much so far. You're going to have to come back again to Journeys in Faith because I know you and I could really uh, talk about more topics. Oh, yes. You know, we're There's always more. Much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much who you are and, and also your journey, which is so beautiful. So again, please do check out her website and also like uh, Emily on the different social media platforms. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And then of course my website, I have a blog. If you go to the website, um, you'll get a little pop-up that asks you if you want to subscribe to the blog so you can stay up to date on any of the latest blogs. And a lot of the blogs I share, um, you know, I know if you're actually trying to uh, 
be good at building a blog audience. You're supposed to have regular, consistent content. I'll admit though, when we're in and out of the hospital, I'm not very consistent at it at all. But what has been really beautiful is when God puts something on my heart that is relevant, I share it. And I've found that to be a very successful approach for those interested in you know, following me, because when I do post something, it's something meaningful. It's something worthwhile. It's something worth you to stop and, and take five minutes to read. Um, so that's been really fun to, to, to blog. Uh, so you can find me on my blog at emilykwhiting.com. You can find me at emilykwhiting on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, you'll probably see lots of stories of my kids infused with ministry as well, because it's all just kind of one, one big one big effort. <laughs> yeah, one big happy family. Yeah. And you, well, you're part of this family here too with Journeys in Faith and also Fiat Ministry Network. Oh, and uh, so thank you so much for being a part of this show. Um, I do want to make you. a quick shout out to our friends who are watching to consider uh, being a subscriber for something called Discover Your Mission, which you might have seen during our commercial break. It is with Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. It's a special video series with engaging Catholic, Catholic speakers. It's almost like bringing that church mission right to your home or to your phone as a download. So check it out. And the reason I bring that up as well is that there's going to be a special show with Emily and I called Five Minutes of Faith. And that show will be about four ways that you can... Uh, Figure out how to get through the most difficult times of your life. Emily will talk about those solutions, those faithful solutions of what you can do. So all you'll need to do is to go to patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry and look for five minutes of faith. So again, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Anne. It was such a pleasure to spend this evening with you and, um, uh, just I'm so grateful and flattered for the and humbled by the opportunity to be here with all of you listeners tonight. God bless you, Emily, my friend, and I will see you next time. And to everyone who's watching and listening, I'll see you next Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern here on Journeys in Faith. God bless. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.